Hey, it's Espo back to tell you about our friends at DraftKings. Basketball season won't be around forever, so get in on all the action now with DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports. DraftKings is giving new players a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. You got that right. Claim your shot at millions of dollars in total prizes when you use the code TBPN. That's TBPN during sign-up. Playing daily fantasy basketball is simple. Just pick your lineup, stay under the salary cap, and see how your team stacks up against the competition. You can feel the sweat like never before. Every dunk, steal, assist means so much more with DraftKings daily lineups. With DraftKings, payday comes every day for the players. So what are you waiting for? Head to the app now. Download DraftKings app now and use the code TBPN during sign-up. This week, DraftKings is putting you in the action with a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. That's code TBPN when you get a free shot at millions of dollars in prizes only at DraftKings. Yeah, millions of dollars in prizes. $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Tonight's matchup on the solar panel, Espo versus the Solar Fox versus Carmel Thunder. Hello and welcome everybody to another edition of the solar panel, whether you're watching us on YouTube, Facebook or Twitter uh, or listening to the podcast. We appreciate you, the Flaming Ballers, more than you know. I'm your host, Greg well, ahoy, hoy, glad to have you with us. Alongside me, as always, is the man, the myth, the legend, the silver fox, Dave King. Dave, how are you? <laughs> fox nickname is officially dead. Congratulations. <laughs> we turn to the Carmel Thunder from down under. It's Saul Bookman. Saul. How are we doing today, fellas? Thank you for not. Oh, that is so much more understated than mine, man. Thank you for not. (laughs) A phrase I I never imagined I'd have to utter on this show, but thank you for not purring. I don't. I don't have any purring me this morning, so we're good. (laughs) Good to know. Uh, Oh, third week in a row. All right. (laughs) Before we get into basketball talk, and this is not on the rundown because. I like to throw things at you guys that aren't necessarily on the rundown to start this off. And you know how much I love that. Yes, go ahead. (laughs) Last week, some of the biggest Suns news broke right as we were right as we were getting uh, getting off the air. You missed missed this, but Devin Booker and Kylie Jenner played Papa Shot. Did you guys see this video? Now, I I, I don't care about Devin Booker destroying her. I would assume that that would happen. But did you guys see? It happens a lot, actually. Well, looking anyway. at the video, that's the sister of his girlfriend, Dave. Come on, oh, oh. Oh, come on, Long one. Uh, did you see okay. the Papa shot was in some kind of like half closet, half room? Did you guys when when you saw this? Yeah, video, he just you used know, a closet to stick his Papa shot in. Weirdest mm. damn thing ever. He either either built a room for this thing to fit in that's a tiny room, or had a giant walk-in closet that he shoved half a Papa shot machine in. I it I it was the most distracting thing to me in that video, and I don't know why. I, I because I'm weird, but that that drove me nuts about that video. 
Well, All right, good. You would think he's got uh, enough square footage in his place to actually Blaze, not have to shove it into a closet. Yeah. Uh, Blaze Megatron is asking about my back. My back is great. My Achilles, however, I don't know. It's just like, <laughs> it just moves around on your body. You know, old. You know, man, it sucks, man. I've been stretching more than my, uh, right now than I ever did in high school or in college playing basketball, man. It is not fun. By the way, I'd like to point out the irony that I'm knocking on Devin Booker for having half a, a actual full-size Papa Shop machine in a walk-in closet as I sit in a walk-in closet mm-hmm. that I do a podcast mm-hmm. from. So what the hell do I know? Uh, anyways, <laughs> spe- speaking of what the hell do I know, let's talk some Suns basketball, right? Yeah, uh, buddy. Let's keep this it going. Game, I got a 40 and 15 in our wildest okay. dreams. None of us could have imagined 40 and 15. No. None of us. I, I, and well, if anybody says they could, they're lying or, or, or you know, they're so say Jay on Twitter. All right. That, those are the those are the two options here uh, that so, <laughs> that had 40 well, Zona, and 15. Zona Sports, um, I got yeah. Brandon, who also writes for Bright Side of the Sun, but he's got his own website. He's got his own brand and all that. Brandon. Um, yeah, he actually did a preseason wins prediction. Uh, he got about 30 or 40 different folks on Suns Twitter to predict how many wins the Suns would get after they'd acquired Chris Paul. And I don't need to have the full list. You can go find him. He's on AZ Sports Zone on, on Twitter. You guys can go find it. Not one person predicted the Suns to win, even optimistic Suns fans, not one person predicted the Suns win more than 49 games in this season, this 72-game year. Nobody did. The Suns' likelihood of winning 50-plus games is very high right now. And so the Suns have exceeded expectations is the point I'm making. I, I think Absolutely. they had. I think I had him at forty-one and thirty-one on that list. Yeah. I thought Saul, I did might you have be him at twenty? Like, what did you have, Matt? It was really low. <laughs> calm, calm down, Dave. Calm down before we start nixing people off the show early in the morning. Okay, forty and thirty-two is what I had. You know, okay. and, and that was a reasonable expectation. I thought forty and thirty-two. Okay, that's a in a seventy-two game season with you know that that's a, a six-game improvement with Chris Paul. Um, yeah, it'd be great. And holy crap. Was I wrong? We all yeah. were. We, we, we all were. We are all about to look like fools. Yeah, the I Suns think Dave, you only have to go. I had it 45, and I thought I was being super optimistic, and the highest <laughs> prediction was 49. And the Suns only have to go 10 and 7 the rest of the way to get 50 wins. That's pretty incredible. By the way, by the way, Landon in the chat says I'm disappointed it's not 55 and 0. So of course, uh, glad know, to see <laughs> glad to see expectations have even out here in Phoenix <laughs> with the Suns. But uh, you know, but I, to what end have the Suns gotten better anyway? To well, what end? That's well, what I want to know, and and the discussion I want to start this off with is: is this one of the greatest regular season Suns teams we've ever seen? Ooh. Because I think I have I have been pumping the brakes. I had been a little bit cautious just because of the history of being a Suns fan. Mm-hmm. But I think we're finally at a point where we have to accept reality about all this. This is a very, very good team. And when you look at look at statistically, I think they're they're verging on being one of the best regular season teams ever. Well, okay. So can, can I take this one first? Of course. Is that cool. All right. So I, I think you got to look at this from two different from, from two different angles. Okay. With the seven seconds or less Suns or the Barkley Suns, like 
you knew they were a championship contender from the get-go, right? Well, outside of maybe the first season of the Seven Seconds or Less Sons because nobody understood what Steve Nash was going to bring and all that stuff, right? Right. But now as we look at this team, like, it's so funny how, like, at the beginning of the season, we were just like, playoffs. Just playoffs. And then they got, and then Chris Paul, yeah. we're like, okay, you should be a top six team at least, you know? And as the season methodically goes about, you're like, man. This team is like, it's beautiful to watch because they're building. It's just continuously building. And I think that's what makes this so much better than those other two. Because those other two, the the ceiling was already, you know, as, as high as it could go with the NBA Finals and winning a championship. You knew what, what it was on the line. But this team is building. And now we're getting to the point where I'm like, man, the I'm 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 trying to pump the brakes on my expectations. But this team is getting better and better. And other teams in the league just aren't doing that as much. You know, they're just kind of, you know, they're kind of going through the motions. They, they have good wins. They have bad losses, just like everybody else. But this is a different kind of feel, and especially because of the defense. The defense, to me, is what feels so different about this. We're so used to watching outstanding offenses uh, in this franchise. And the defense is truly truly what I feel like sets this team apart from the other two um, and might even give them a better chance to win a championship. Well, and the other interesting thing too is 40 and 15 with an eight and eight start, right? And Landon brings it up in the chat too, but yeah, I mean, that's eight and eight start and they're 40 and 15. That, that shows you how amazing they've been since just 32 and seven since 32 and seven since that's crazy. Well, let's expand it even a little bit further and add in the the eight pandemic games, uh, the eight bubble games. Uh, they're forty eight and fifteen since the pandemic started. Monty had, Monty had his first real off season with this team. He put in a lot more wrinkles. Uh, they they just they just continue to grow. And Saul, to your point, they continue to grow. Yeah, there has been a couple of comments by national media folks trying to tamp tap the brakes a little bit on the Suns season lately saying, oh, you know, even the low playoff seeds are excited to play the Suns because they think they're going to be easy to knock off and that the Suns don't really have as much of a shot to get through the playoffs um, deeply into the playoffs as as uh, you might think. Because they might not have a second gear, one of the articles or one of the uh, points is that they may not have another gear. Chris Paul may be maximizing every last inch of this team during the regular season to, to pile up wins That's and he and they, well okay so they are maximizing every win they're certainly not coasting like you heard uh steve nash the coach of the nets the other night saying no nah, we're not really angling for the number one seed we're angling to be healthy at playoff time fine that's fine the suns are definitely angling for every single regular season win for sure however they do have more gears Go ahead, but the, yeah, and I I completely agree with that. Like I understand that they're maximizing to a degree, right? But they can beat you in multiple different ways, and that's the difference, mm-hmm. right? The bench could beat you. A Chris Paul and Devin Booker could beat you. Uh, if it seems like even when Devin Booker and Chris Paul don't play well, they can still beat you. Like that's the difference, and that's where the national media, uh, you know, if you don't follow this team on a day to day basis. That's where they lose me because they don't they don't understand. They don't know. They just see Chris Paul and Devin Booker. They assume that they're each scoring 30 a night 
And that's the reason why the Suns are doing what they're doing. But if you watch this team, it's like the bench knows, like, okay, well, Book and CP ain't having the best game right now. Let's step it up. And then they have like 70 mm-hmm. points off the bench. You know what I mean? Like campaign. It's like he has such a great feel for when he's really needed. And he always seems to come through in those spots, you know, and Cam Johnson's been playing great. And it's just, it's, it's fun to watch this team grow. I've, I don't think I've ever seen a team grow through the course of a season like this before. Um, just from beginning to end, just seeing how each one of them has really grown through the season. And now Javon Carter's coming into the mix, playing crazy wow. good basketball. Just amazing. That's I'm so thing. happy for Javon. That's the thing here. Look, uh, first, if they don't have another gear, if you're if the gear you only have is as good as they've been playing, that's good enough to contend in the playoffs. I don't care because look, of course the Lakers have another gear. They're they're sitting down in, in fifth, sixth place in the West because they've had injuries. They they haven't played guys. Uh, yeah, yeah, they have another gear. You know, there's there's all these arguments that other teams have other gears, but they're sitting far down in the West. The Suns are second and, and and have a very good chance to move up in a first with the way they're playing in the West. I just, I, I don't buy that, but I don't think we've seen the best of this team. We've, we've seen a handful maybe of games where Devin Booker and Chris Paul are both playing at, at the peak of their game at the same time. Look, right. Let me just point this out too, that uh, the Suns are doing this. They're 48, they're 40, uh, well, 40 and 15 this season. They're 32 and seven in their last 39 games. All this wonderful stuff. And Devin Booker is terrible in the clutch still. Guess what? That is not going to hold up. What are you laughing at? Because he has been. He I, has. I just, I just love the way That's you put thing. it. Like it's, is true. It, it's not going to hold up like that. Things average out. Everything yeah. comes back to the mean. In the past, he wasn't. Look, he's not going to be a guy that uh, makes every single shot in the clutch like Dame Lillard. He probably not. But Dame didn't start being great in the clutch until he was older. Anyway, um, look, Devin Booker will not be this bad in the clutch, and I would love it if when he gets great, it's the playoff time. You know what I mean? It's like he has so many more gears to go to. Even Devin Booker the other night said again in a post game interview that, "Look, man, I haven't even found my rhythm yet." I feel like I'm I'm off this year. Yeah. Well, and and Booker Booker's built for the playoffs. Everybody's always said that. His game is built for the playoffs. I just this oh there's not another gear mm-hmm. is is looking at Chris Paul Chris Paul's history in the past and, and somewhat looking at what he did in OKC last year. Look at the talent he had around him in OKC last year, right? Not the same. Yeah, he maximized right. every last inch with that team in the regular season to get them into the playoffs. And they didn't have another gear because they didn't have talent. This team that was is, it. That was it. They didn't have the talent to win a playoff series. Yeah. And this Suns team is deep now back, back to the, are they one of the greatest of all time? I, I, regular season wise. I think they are. I looked at, we had done the, the 30 wins thing. I looked back and looked at the stats and they are the, what is that? The, Sixth best team uh, after to your fastest team to get to 40 wins in franchise history, right? And that's with that eight and eight start. I, I think right. they they are the best defensive team, as I, one of the commenters just mm-hmm. said, one of the best defensive teams in franchise history. Yeah, this offense is efficient 
and and can score at a high clip. This is the one of the deepest teams this Suns franchise has ever rolled out there. You don't know one through twelve who's gonna step up and, and do something great when needed for this team. Uh, that that those little things make lead me to believe that we are seeing something special. And I still stand by the fact that people will sit here and be like, oh no, definitely not one of the greatest teams. You're, you're, you're losing it. It's, you're overplaying this because you're such a homer, which I saw on Twitter when I said this. But I think the fact that they say that is more because, again, and we've talked about this, this is not the prettiest basketball we've ever seen in Phoenix. This isn't the most exciting basketball we've ever seen in Phoenix, but it may actually be the best basketball we've ever seen in Phoenix because it's complete. It's full. It's defense. It's offense. It's this team with the chemistry. It's it's the elements that at different times have made the Suns good all in one team right now. I would like to say two things, and I they're both apologies. I just want to say this right now. <laughs> Number one, Mr. Tory Craig, I am so sorry. <laughs> I think we all should be. Absolutely dismissing that trade like it was just nothing. Tory Craig has been fun to watch. His energy level is infectious, and he's just a – I, I just love the guy. I love watching him play. I love the way he hustles. I love the way he's just all about the team right now. So I apologize to you, Mr. Tory Craig. And number two, uh, he doesn't play for the Suns, but Tyrese Halliburton, I completely underrated you, and I was completely wrong. I think the Suns are going to regret the fact that they did not draft you when they drafted Jalen Smith instead. And so I apologize to you, too. And also number three, I was absolutely right. If D.A. was going to step up and play the way he's playing right now, that – my friends, was the missing link and the reason why the Phoenix Suns could win an NBA championship because the way he's playing right now, I mean, I am so effing excited, and I knew I wasn't going to cuss today. I'm not going to cuss today. I was, well, I'm so okay, excited to watch DA him play. I know, bit, I know, I know we are, but I just got to say, I love that guy. There we go. <laughs> uh, Where's it? Where's the U of A shirt? And is there a U of A picture in the background there? Uh, no, I'm just giving you a hard you know, time. As you a, know, there is. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, as a fellow Wildcat, I understand. Yeah. No. <laughs> so look, this, uh, is this one of the best Suns teams in, in in regular season so far in history? Absolutely. I mean, you just can't you can't second guess this team's record. You certainly can't. Because let me ask you a question, uh, Aspo. How many injuries occurred during the twenty nine ten? season for other teams around the suns do you remember does uh, it I, freaking matter no it doesn't no it you, doesn't you don't matter remember any how of many that injuries stuff? are happened around the 61 62 win seasons for the suns in the middle of the seven seconds or less Nobody does it remember. matter no that what matters is how many wins they got and chris paul reminded us the other night i pointed out hey by the way you 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 guys have the number one offense in the league for the last two and a half months he's like Man, none of that matters. What matters is wins. Because he literally said you get your ass sent home so fast if yeah. all you care about is where you rank. And speaking of of wins and and you know leads, don't you you have a graphic? Yeah, I do. Here we go. This was uh, put on Twitter by a good guy Ed Ed uh, Coupler. Um, and if you guys take a close look at this, what he was doing is he was pointing out. And I don't know how well you guys can see this, but he was pointing out times that a team has spent in uh, either in a close game within plus or minus three points is the yellow. 
The light blue is minus four to nine points, score wise. The dark blue is 10 plus. And then on the other end, orange is plus four to nine. And then red is 10 plus. And he was pointing out that the Utah Jazz have spent the most time uh, leading by 10 plus this season. That's totally fine. What jumped at me is look at the Suns. They're the third one down. They have by far spent the, mo- the least amount of time down by more than one possession this whole season. Which is insane. That speaks to the defense. It speaks, to, it speaks to how well the offense has played, too. Uh, when you first sent this, I thought this was some new Utah Jazz jersey concept where they went from their uh, <laughs> rock into their old school blue. I didn't know what the hell I was looking at. But then once we got into it, no, it's 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 unbelievable where where the Suns are in this and and how how well they've played. It speaks to why they, they haven't lost back to back games since I, what is it January now? Uh, why why they're eleven and one in their last twelve? Uh, why why it, it always felt like we were underwhelmed by them yet they just kept racking up the wins it, like uh it, i i just it's unbelievable what they were doing and, and how they've been playing and how it still feels like it's under the radar even though some of the national people are taking notice it still feels like they're finding ways to put that caveat on it of well it's a nice story but it's not going to mean anything you know come next month like oh, oh good Good on them when, when uh, you know Luca when they face Luca and the uh, Mavs in the, in the first round. You know, like you know like what? It, there's always some caveat on on what what it is. This team is good. This is a good team. Look, and that people was an will incredible say, shot, but I'm okay with Luca doing a completely prone jump forward from the three point line between two defenders flip shot without looking at the rim. Cool. Look, Look, everything let's Luca do those do, every game. Every, everything Luca does is a fluke to me. I don't care. That was damn luck. That shot. Let's not. <laughs> let's not act like that was some unbelievable skilled play of basketball. That literally, he a for ma- years. national media member literally tweeted, "I bet he practices that shot." Yeah. Well, we all freaking practiced that shot when we were eight years old in our backyard. Yeah. yeah. I'm I'm Jeez. guessing he's not practicing that, and and if he is, uh, Carlisle over there probably should be yelling at him if he's wasting time in practice with that shot. Look, I I I just I'm fine with the Suns team going under the radar, and the big like people think it's a big insult when they say, well, they may be like that Hawks team that uh, that played the really well, Hawks team, yeah, yeah, and, and got that got the first seat in the. Uh, in the East, but you know, they didn't win it all. They still made it to the Eastern conference finals. If the Suns make it to the Western conference finals, <laughs> yeah. I right. think we can call that a success. Like I, yeah, I, I get it. Championship is what you want, but remember where we've been. Too, <laughs> right. So like, I love that. That's like the, what people point to. And I'm like, fine, let them be that team. I I'll still take, a Western Conference Finals run and have the foundation to build the future. If that's the worst case scenario, something's been done right this year. Somebody give my man Sawbucks twenty three at Twitter because uh, apparently he doesn't read it. Because oh, <laughs> no. DA says, had some massive haters. He says, "Look, I here's didn't the thing: DA though. had People, haters. Everyone calls themselves a realist. So the DA haters they call themselves a re- they call themselves realists, and then they retweet lists." Of, of who's the best centers in the NBA that are complete garbage. Well, why don't we get into that? Let's move into yeah. the DA topic. 
I just should we show that list? Do you yeah, let's start list? with the list. Uh, yeah, the garbage uh, ass the list that nobody should ever have to see again. Yeah, listen, <laughs> and of course we're going to show it and talk yeah. about it. Look, <laughs> yeah. Our old school friend uh, uh, Nate, I suck at what I'm doing here. Duncan uh, <laughs> has uh, has reared his ugly head again. I'd love to tell you that I saw it, but I can't. He blocked all of us uh, in Suns Nation uh, or Planet Orange, what the hell, whatever the hell we want to call ourselves uh, on Twitter. So there's like three of us that can still uh still see what he says and and i don't listen yeah, to his podcast but know. uh when you look at this uh, apparently on his dunked on podcast uh he ranked his centers uh in the top 16 centers in the league right so half the centers in the league because it's not cool to say shit about booker anymore so he's got to go out oh there the first swears one. for kids put swears it in the jar kid. dave uh, so, so let's go through the <laughs> ranking. He's got Joel Embiid number one. I think we all can be all right with that. Nikola Jokic number two. You can argue about the positioning on those two guys. Sure. Rudy Gobert three. Okay. Bam Bam Abad Adabio. Adabio. Uh, I'm, I'm so angry at Nate Duncan. I can't speak. Uh, four. <laughs> Carl Anthony Towns five. Miles Turner six. Kristaps <laughs> Porzingis seven. Clint Capella eight. Christian Wood, 9, Brooke Lopez, 10, Yaka Pirtle, 11, uh, DeAndre Ayton, 12, uh, Al Horford, 13, Serge Ibaka, sitting out the season. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Serge Ibaka, 14, uh, DeMontis Sabonis at number 15, and Nikola Vucevic at number 16. So He's many things wrong joke. with this list. So, so many things. So I think you guys noticed it took me a while to get to DeAndre Ayton at number 12. Even yeah. even DA haters are looking at this list and going, eh, it might be a little low. Jakob yeah. Pertl wasn't better than, a, than U of A center when he was playing at Utah. He certainly isn't better than a U of A center now. I'll just tell you that right now. Well, Jakob we'll find Pertl, out on, on Saturday night. They, okay. they face Jakob Pertl, come on, man. Jakob Pertl, for real? Like, No. And, and and the rest of this list, like Bam out of like DA's top six on this list. I that's that's where I would six. put him. And, mm -hmm. and, and and I would even argue top five because I feel like in two matchups with Bam out of bio, he's gotten the best. Mm -hmm. Well, look, if if your center yeah. sounds like the sound that a 75-year-old makes when they clear your throat. Uh, when you, they clear their throat, I don't think that uh, you're higher than DeAndre Ayton on the list. Sorry, Yaka Pirtle. But look, DeAndre Ayton, uh, I think you could argue right now this season, it could be right there with with Carl Anthony Towns, too. Yes, offensively, he's not doing as much, but he doesn't need to because, you know, he's not the, the top two option and on offense in phoenix Sabonis so, so is an all-star and he's at 15 yeah, Get yeah how do you put the out of here right all the way down there the whole thing is like serge Ibaka. that's based on uh career rep al horford career rep uh yaka Pertle, i have no idea brooke, brooke lopez, lopez career rep brooke he had lopez two or three has never been a top years. 10 center period i don't okay, know why you would be now people have our people argue that he was an unsung hero for the bucks for a couple of years yeah. there he suddenly became good oh, at defending the rim so and he that made they still never made it to the finals awesome yeah uh, i know yeah. look man da has as another uh as a as a chatter said da has sunned most of these guys this year he kicked rudy's butt <laughs> He kicked there you Bam, go. There you go, Dave. I like stunned it. Him. Yeah, Carl Anthony Towns <laughs> had a great game, but look, DA is almost undefeated against this entire list this what? year. 
It's just crazy. Christian Woods missed half the season. Chris Stapp's Porzingis. Well, plus, is, he, he misses half the game, book. Christian Wood. He yeah, plays, well, he's he, on the he's on the second worst team in the West. Chris Stapp's Porzingis is on a Mavs team that's underperforming, that's been injured. Like I, you are you're obviously not gonna argue the Embiid's, the Jokic, the Gobert's. Like, but I think I think DA's that next tier after those guys. I would Absolutely. argue Gobert. I would say, look, look, uh, I would I would reasonably put him around fifth or sixth this year. Yeah, sixth is what I actually picked. Um, ahead of Miles Turner, Chris Stapps, Clint, Christian Wood, Brooke Lopez, Jakob Pertl, for sure. You could argue that uh, he's better than Carl Anthony Towns in terms of impact on the game yeah. and impact on winning. You can argue that Bam is not having as good a season as everyone thinks he, be, he should be having, <laughs> for sure. Uh, and uh, Rudy Gobert. He beat Rudy twice. Kirby, Kirby Villafranca in the chat. He should have ranked sticks at number nine. <laughs> well, based on this list, it wouldn't have been all that surprising. Uh, and Shane, uh, Shane in the chat says Vukovic isn't good defensively, but he's as, uh, if he's as low as he is for that reason, Cat should be much lower as well. That's the thing. This, There's no consistency right. in this, this list. It, this loser has Miles Turner ahead of Sabonis, and Miles Turner is on the same team and doesn't even produce as much as Sabonis does. What right. the hell are we Everyone, doing? Even Pacers fans know that Sabonis should be getting the center minutes, but he can't because of Miles Turner. Oh. Look, let's let's be quite frank here. This list was done so in guys like us would talk about it. And give Nate Duncan any relevancy. That's why he does this. That's his. That's his shtick. He does it, right. and then he hides behind it. the. Well, you guys are just hating. This is based on X, Y, and Z. It's crap. The list sucks, and it's not just because we're DA homers. So Pep uh, Morales says DA should be seven or eight. Hello says eight and it's six. Let's get some more. Uh, we've got over a hundred people watching. Let's get you guys uh, telling us where you would put DA on this list. And, and look, anyone got him higher than six? Let's well, go. Look, five, you know, I think that I think you could go four to seven is probably a yeah. range that that makes sense. I would be all right with anybody in there. You know, maybe maybe eight. You could make the the argument being the lowest, but I, I just I don't. I don't understand the thinking and I am not going to dedicate the time to trying to listen to the explanation because I know it will make me angrier than the list itself. All right. Uh, uh, Tyler, Tyler Orion in the chat. He's, he's, oh, he's going to trigger me. I like DA, but Bam is a better defender, playmaker and offensive player. Like he was last year. He was last year, but not this year. He's not this year. He just isn't. Dude had like what four points last time they played against each other too. Like no, yeah. he's not. Look, I I think everybody is people that make that argument are thinking of what peak Bam is in their mind and what bottom DA is in their mind, right? Yeah, yeah. And and that's what they're what they're thinking of. And whoa, but the reality is that the the average of those guys, especially this year. DAs, they're either right there, right there, or if you take into consideration, like you're saying, the head-to-head, DAs ahead of Bam right now. That's my just, man is my man is literally 22 years old too. That's the crazy right. thing about this whole he's thing. One of the youngest guys he on the list has pointed out. 22 years right. old yep. and he's Josh balling Wilbur. right now. Yep. <laughs> I mean, we should be excited. We should be celebrating this kid, man. Oh God! And over the last, over the last. Uh, 12 games when they're 11 and one 
if you go back and look, he saved their ass in a, in a bunch of those games that were closer than they should have been. The other night, he he's the reason they won the game. He took over in the fourth. I believe he had 10, uh, 10 or 12 of his 26 in that fourth quarter. They were going to him late in that quarter. He was taking care of business. He got... He got one amazing rebound where there were three guys around him. He tips it up twice. He grabs it. It was, and I'm not there, saying he's as good of a rebounder as this guy, but it was Rodman asking the way he tipped it and knew where he was going with. There's two plays this season that identify where DeAndre Aiden has come and where he's going, uh, come from where he's going. Earlier in the season, they were playing the Trailblazers on the road in Portland. He catches the ball at like the elbow or kind of wing area. And doesn't even think about looking at the rim, despite the fact that there's like 10 people on the other side of the court and he's by himself. Doesn't even think about it, ends up turning the ball over. And then the other night, he catches the ball down low on the block, kind of about the same area, uh, kind of the elbow area again. He turns, sees who's on him, and he just pulls yeah. up, hits it. And, and I'm just like, there it is. That's that's what I've been waiting that's for all one, season. Right. Don't hesitate. You see, you got a mismatch. Do that, dude. Just so part of the part of the season. Look, I know Chris Paul's really hard on his centers because he he he's a tough love guy. He just is, and I swear, he he uh, either with Da as part of this or not. Either way, he was freezing out Da for a while on 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 getting him the ball toward the toward the basket, and Da was was not handling it well when he get double triple team these guys swiping digging down at the ball and stuff like that. He just wasn't handling it well. So we, we, we saw the worst of Da's offense this year. But here, let me let me tell you guys, he did not let that impact him defensively. He was still incredibly impactful defensively. He still grabbed the rebounds. He still went for offensive rebounds. He didn't like a lot of players. If one part of their game is dying, the rest of their game dies. He was not letting that happen. He has said all along from opening week to right now, he goes, I don't care how many points I score. I don't care what my numbers say. I only care whether we won the game or not. He's always gotten it mentally that he just wants to do what it takes to win the game. What now he's adding to that is, oh, I know I can do this quick turnaround and finish, and that helps us win the game too. And here's how I'm going to do it. Here's my footwork. This is the guy I'm going to. I'm going to feel him on my on my back. You know, trying to box me out. I know what I've got. What I've got going on. And suddenly it's like they just open open up another another uh, another door to their season right now with turning Da into an offensive guy. And is just oh man, the mismatches. Look, he was already getting double, triple teamed um, at the rim just in case he got the ball dumped down to him. Now when he does and he's still scoring, it's going to get even worse and the Suns are going to be even more open than they've been all year. This is just, this is that next gear. This C-Buck says D is having his mid-year stimmy right now. So, <laughs> yes, <laughs> Flaming Ballers uh, already coming up that. strong. <laughs> Flaming Ballers <laughs> coming up strong today with uh, some of the comments in the chat, but Look, the thing that I think people rip DA on, well, not I think, I, the people rip DA on a, on his attitude, his mental uh, ability at, at times, right? That he always too, he's too jovial, he's too laissez-faire, whatever you want to say, however you want to describe it. I think it actually benefits him though, because most guys get in their heads if they. Uh, when they have kind of the mm -hmm. offensive start to the year that he did, you know, oh, 
you know, it, it, it snowballs. I can't catch the ball. All these things. DA just lets it roll off his back and he goes out there and he just performs. He does what he, what he wants, right? He, he tries to just get better and it doesn't seem to bother him. And that's a good thing. I think because you don't, he's a short memory for anything that goes wrong with this stuff. It's, it's changed though. His demeanor has changed. His demeanor oh, yes. has changed in the last 20 games. Um, you know, somebody had pointed out in the chat a couple games ago, like he actually demanded the ball down low in the post. And that's a big change from where he was, you know, and he gets I, it looks like he's a little bit more. I'm mm-hmm. not going to say into the game, but he's a little bit more demonstrative into getting his in the game. He's yeah, always he, been in the game, he's, but he's yeah. in, more into getting his. Exactly. He knows because it think, helps. He knows exactly. Exactly. I think he he's starting to understand his importance, especially on the offensive end, because he already knew what his importance was on the defensive end. Chris Paul set that up from the very beginning. You were the captain on defense. Like you gotta help guide guys around. Like, and so DA's taken that upon himself and he's done a very good job. On the offensive side is where we wanted to see a little bit more improvement, and he's been a lot more assertive, a lot more aggressive. And it's, I mean, some of the rebounds that you, you know, at U of A, one of the things that I thought separated DA from a lot of other centers, and this is going to, this is my blow up the chat, but he always had a great ability to be able to, to flip the ball. Um, and, and and get it away from other defenders who are trying to get the rebound. Yeah, and he's doing that doing now. Yeah, ball yeah. Ball and ball. a lot of guys do that, but they get called for over the back because they they make too much contact. But he's so proficient at that. He say he has saved the Suns several times in the last mm-hmm. couple of weeks because he's been able to get those offensive rebounds, and it's it's great to watch. Yeah, look, you want a little thing. Sorry, Aspogo. I was just gonna say, look, you know, when when any of us. It was, it's one thing to be talented, right? It's one thing to have skill, uh, and it's another thing to believe in your ability, to be comfortable within that ability and, and be able to operate within that skill set that you have. DA is comfortable now. That's what we're seeing. DA, DA is, is fully understanding what he's capable of. He's understanding that skill, and that goes a long way, especially – uh, you know, everybody knows that, that Chris Paul, Monty Williams, Devin Booker, they've ridden this kid. They've 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 been hard on him this season because they knew how good he was. They knew his ability. Mm-hmm. And now I think DeAndre Ayton finally understands his ability. And that's what I, we're seeing. Absolutely. I would go so far as to say that D.A. is the most indispensable person on this team. Oh, I I don't know that I'd go that far, but he's he's key in certain areas. I will. I, I well, will let me explain why I say that. Uh, the the reason I say that is if it's just if you take if you make that void. So with Chris Paul, look, you you can get by out for a little while because Devin Booker can take on a little more playmaking uh, and the scoring. Uh, he he's actually a little better playmaker than he's showing this year because he's deferring to Chris Paul. Uh, campaign has been really good. They got some depth. Devin Booker, again, the, the other side. As long as you've got one of the two, you're good. But if you just take DA right out of there and he's not the um, uh, defending the rim and he's not drawing defenders in for lobs and all that, you can't just win a playoff series with Dario as your only big man. <laughs> you can't just win a playoff series by going small and Tory Craig, they actually played a few minutes with Tory Craig as the five the uh, uh, Monty did just to experiment to see what that would look like because um, the team they were playing went totally small. They took all the uh, the Kings, 
took out Hassan Whiteside, took out Damian Jones, our favorite backup center who who started for the Kings, played five minutes and never saw the court again and probably will get um, uh, looking for his fourth team here pretty soon. Um, Hassan Whiteside, they just, they just, they just uh, uh, sat him down in the fourth quarter. Uh, so the Suns went small. You can't win playoff series without DA for this team this year. Okay, that's okay. That framing of it, I understand. That's not as absurd as the initial <laughs> comment sounded to me. I could, I agree. You're not going to win a playoff series if DeAndre Ayton all of a sudden isn't there, and the only option you have to replace him is Dario Saric. You just not that that that's fair. I think, that's but I think you I could mean. also say the same that you're probably not winning a playoff series if you're replacing Chris Paul with uh, with any of the backup guards that that you have an option. Like there, I think there's three guys like that: Devin Booker, Chris Paul, and DeAndre Ayton. That if you're without them, your chances plummet. And I I, I think that's I think that's fair to say as well. Let's uh, before we get into the next topic, I want to bring up something new that we're doing. Uh, and this is a shameless plug, so deal with it. It's our show. We're doing a, a new newsletter here called the Solar Flares. We'll send you uh, updates on Sun's news, the show, uh, some columns that we'll write from time to time. We'll even send you links to some of Dave's best bright side stuff. So there'll be a link in there like once every four months or so when Dave writes something hey. good over there. Nah, we'll link <laughs> to everybody else at Brightside, but no, we'll, we'll, we'll kind of share, share what's going on in, in the sun's world. And uh, you can get to that by going to newsletter.solarpanelpod.com. That's newsletter.solarpanelpod.com. If you sign up, uh, we're going to put it in a drawing and I am opening the prize closet. I brought one of the items. From oh, a prize closet. Oh, a nice uh, autographed Gorn Dragic wow. jersey. That'll be one of the items we give away. Uh, if you sign up for the newsletter here, we'll uh, we'll give that away. Uh, and then uh, we've got some other stuff in the prize closet too. So we're going to open that up for the newsletter as we have with our friends at Manscaped, which we'll get to in a little while. We'll talk about our friends Co at Manscaped Co as Coda always. Coda Kid in the chat says, solar flares is what I get when I don't use Manscaped. Hey, now, <laughs> it all ties together. That's, that's, it. that's synergy. That's why Coda Kid is one of our flaming ballers. You can become a flaming baller by clicking that join button on YouTube and uh, joining the chat. We appreciate you. Hit that like button as well and leave a rate, rating on Apple Podcast. All those things help. People find the show. We do appreciate each and every one of you. Yeah. So head newsletter.solarpanelpod.com. Sign up for that newsletter. Let's move to the next topic, boys. Is uh, I want to know, is Monty Williams actually the real MVP of this team? We spend a lot of time talking about the guys on the court. We spend a lot of time debating, uh, you know, different factors there. But I want to know. Is Monty Williams' impact really the difference here? There's a quote that I want to read for you from Mikhail Bridges. This was talking about last year. Uh, Mikhail hadn't started a, a majority of the games. He and Monty Williams had a conversation. Mikhail said, the whole thing turned around after that, after that talk. I thought I deserved to play more, and he told me, like, I wasn't working hard enough. Even since then, 
made me realize ever since then made me realize that I got to work hard and keep working, keep working to get back on track. And then Monty Williams said of the same conversation, he wasn't quite as consistent as we wanted to earlier in that year. He and I had a pretty vulnerable conversation about what I expected, but also about how I could help him to his credit. He embraced everything I asked of him and I had to look at myself and see how I could help him. Monty Williams, to me, is the difference in this team. Uh, yes, you can debate some of the minor rotational things and different things he's done in games, but a quote like that, that is a true leader. That is somebody that goes to his people and tells them what he expects of them, but also says, I want to know what you expect of me. I feel like that's the difference. Saul, what do you say? I, I a thousand percent agree. And, um, you know, it, it, I, I've had a lot of life experience in my time, you know, being in the military and stuff like that. And one of the hardest things when I was like a drill sergeant was you get 60 people every nine weeks and they're, they come from all over the world and you're trying to get into their head and try to get them to understand the importance of what we're trying to do when we're doing this training. And I think Monty Williams does that better than a lot of coaches. And it's easy to just tell people, oh, because I said so. That's probably the most least effective thing you can possibly tell anybody. You have to be able to get inside their head and be able to and find out what their why is, right? And, and we hear that a lot in, in many different circles. But being a coach at the NBA level or being a great leader, there's nothing really different about it. It's just, are you able to get through to somebody and get them to understand the importance of what they're doing and why it contributes to what we're doing as a whole? And if you can get that, then you will get you will be able to maximize their effort. And I think Monty Williams, you know, from text messages to, to players to, you know, hey, you know, stay in there. You know, he gives these motivational kind of talks. Um, to and it's even as simple as you know pulling somebody to the side, like how's everything going? You know, everything good at home? You know, do you need anything? Whatever, like these personal conversations that only true leaders that really give a, a you know a you know what um, about about the individuals that work for them um, can really pull out of, and that's what a good leader does. And I've seen bad leadership. I've seen good leadership. The good leaders know how to do that better than anybody else, and Monty Williams is a great leader. Look, the fact that Monty can can get uh, the trust of Chris Paul. Chris Paul, he, he, he said they're always talking. They're always strategizing. Chris Paul, 35 years old, 15 years in the league, 11-time uh, All-Star, all this stuff. And at the same time, get the trust of D.A., and Mikel Bridges, who are young, developing guys who don't know their way around the NBA, don't know what it takes to win games and be consistent and always uh, always put your best out on the court. That's just incredible that he can each he can reach both ends of the spectrum. Most coaches out there are really good with the veterans or they're really good with the young kids, but they're not really good with both. Monty has figured out how to do both. DA just the other night said a very similar thing in that he's like, uh, coach has been in my ear all year, but he's been coaching me up. Uh, he's been, he's been, you know, instead of tearing him down, um, and DA trusts Monty, he trusts CP, CP trusts Monty, all these things. It, it's, it, they've, they're building a trust and that is, is key. And, and your coach has to be able to do that. One of the things that, that has always struck me about Monty, um, and, and good coaches do this, you know, pop does this, uh, Steve Kerr does this, um, yeah, you have great players, but 
all the great players are still part of a program. And since day one, Monty Williams has always said, you know, this is a program. Like this is the, this is something that everybody's got to buy into if we're going to be successful. Uh, the difference between him and Igor, for instance, Igor, it seemed like every press conference, everything was always centered around Devin Booker. Always Devin Booker. Always Devin Booker. Always Devin Booker. And Devin Booker's great. Don't get me wrong. However, Devin Booker is one part of the whole. And you have to be able to get everybody else to buy in to make Devin Booker look better than 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 maybe he was doing at the time. You know, Devin Booker needs that stage to be able to show his gift to the world. And for the longest time, that stage was Phoenix, Arizona and nothing more. And now he's being able to show it to 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 the nation. And I think Igor kind of missed the boat on that. And that's what I'm talking about in terms of a difference is like you need you need the 12th guy on the roster to feel like he's just as important as the first. And if you can get that to happen, man, you got a good thing going. And right now the Suns have a good thing going because each individual on that team, even Langston Galloway um, and each one more who haven't played for several games now, they know that anytime their name could be called and they can get out there and they're going to have to, they're going to have to perform and they're going to be ready for it because they're professionals. And Monty has kept that relationship going with them in order to make sure that they stay focused, they stay locked in, and they're ready to go at all times. Hey, I don't want to rip on uh, Igor. I, I know you weren't either, Saul, really. Um, he he got dealt a terrible oh, hand. Oh, awful hand. Roster. Awful hand. <laughs> he had, I mean, he, he no just openly joked. Good. God, his press conferences were just, uh, yeah, first, when we could good. understand what he was saying, but his press conferences were great in that he was just, we were like, uh, there was one early season or early in the season part where we're like, man, the, uh, you're getting really outscored uh, when when you got the bench in there. Is there anything you can do to, you know, what are you planning on doing to shore that up? And then about a month later, your bench is doing okay because you got those early second quarter. You know, you're not losing those. But what are you doing about losing the first quarter? He's like, look, that's the Ross. I mean, look, you 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 cl- you plug one leak and another one springs open. There's only so much I can do. He actually joked and laughed yeah. about that because it was true. You can't shore up everything when you're given about three NBA quality players on a 15-man yeah. roster. You just can't. Now, having said all that, Igor was not a great co- head coach. He's a great assistant coach, but he was not a great head coach. He just wasn't. The and it wasn't about timeouts. the it wasn't the random time out of that. And it wasn't about the fact that the players couldn't really understand him. They couldn't, but it wasn't really about that. That made him not as great a coach. It was just the fact that he wasn't a great coach period. Uh, he was a good assistant, but not a great head coach. Just think about this. We could be living in a world right now where we have Devin Booker and Luka Doncic as one and two and Igor still is our head coach. Would we, would we be where we are Winning right now? 40 games in a total no. year. We'd have a franchise complaining about the play-in concept. That's what we'd have. You know what? You know what we would have? We would have teams. We would have guys constantly wondering where are we going to get a big man? Yeah. Well, you know, ironically, for years the Suns chased the Spurs, and now they've actually bought into what the Spurs had built. Right? Monty Williams comes from that Greg Popovich tree. Played for him. Coached with him. And he's bringing that mentality to Phoenix, and and it seems to be working. Hey, it's time for us. Wait, wait, hold on. Before you say that, Blaze Megatron just said, "If we if we did draft Luca, sorry for saying the bad word, uh, does Igor suck as bad?" 
And then I have to say this last part. He's like, he was Slovenian coach. <laughs> Slovenian coach. Slovenian now we've just coach. offended He would have figured it out. Obviously, with Chris <laughs> Paul as a ball-dominant point guard, Devin Booker would have figured out how to, how to succeed next to Luka. That would have been number one backcourt in the league. That would have gotten all number the press. Number one backcourt in league. Well, number yeah, one backcourt in league. But would the Suns be higher? Would the Suns be second seed in the West? No. No. Well, I don't know. You can't play that. Other people would say, would Ryan McDonough uh, still be GM? I don't top know. 12 centers. All you need is one of these other centers, and they would have been just as good. Do There's we know a this? million what ifs that you can go down. None of them are productive right now because the Suns are second in the West and chasing number one, the number one seed. Let's move to our smooth baller of the week. Oh, yeah. That's right. It's from Manscaped. Got Bush? You won't if you have Manscaped. That's right. One of our favorite sponsors because they're one of our only sponsors, but they also have an amazing <laughs> product. It's Manscaped. I love I can't speak highly enough. And if uh, if we need to, we'll get the missus on. She can speak highly of it oh, as well. Oh, oh. Hey, uh, Manscaped will keep you uh, clean down there. No, uh, no reverse Cam Johnson. You're not going to look like Monty Williams wearing the mask, uh, you know, when uh, when you're down there. Nope, you're going to look good. It is the Manscaped Smooth Baller of the Week, and it's going to Javon Carter this week. Four games as we let the uh, trimmer uh, get the bush again so I can read the stats. Four games this week, uh, 11.3 points per game, 1.8 assists per game, 3.8 rebounds, and a steal, basically, Per game, and that's after hardly playing at all, like literally not playing any minutes in games prior to this. Javon Carter, you are a smooth baller of the week, and uh, I'd like to say we're sending you a manscape, but no, we don't have that kind of money or budget. But if you want to get your hands or your balls on a manscape trimmer, head to manscape.com, promo code flaming ballers, you get 20% off and free shipping. That's manscape.com flaming ballers for 20 percent off and that's what do we have an announcement about your prize closet uh whoa well hey it's hey. smooth gentlemen hey. thanks to manscape it's been cleaned out in there. we're the cleaning out my man out. <laughs> just like manscape we're cleaning out my prize closet yes we actually will have an oh, announcement next man. week uh about who the winner of our uh, of our manscaped contest is we'll keep doing this but our are we, first are we round of do it. A drawing or something like that or are we yeah, just wait. taking your word you know, for it you know what? i'm gonna i'll, I'll bring you're some gonna kind reach of, into that prize closet and pull I, something out i'll, I'll bring some kind of phallic looking object or something <laughs> that we can uh, pull the names out of be highly inappropriate <laughs> oh. like our ads here and actually uh, you just and we'll pick a winner the hey okay uh, we're gonna we're gonna pick a winner next week we'll keep we doing go. it uh starting in may we'll do another giveaway uh, for our Manscaped friends, because I just had a shake weight image. Ha- anyway. happy, oh God. <laughs> happy, happy to welcome Manscaped on Manscaped on officially. They've joining us for another three months on the program. So you there guys are going to enjoy these ads even more uh, as we go along. So that's manscaped.com uh, code flaming baller, save 20%. <clears> and if you want to, I'll allow it. If you want to get in early on the May, uh, on the May, a prize drawing or if you want to sneak into the tail end of, of this let's uh, uh send me a picture of proof of purchase no not that kind of picture a picture of your so many jokes. showing that you purchased one of the manscaped uh, items using the code flaming ballers we will put you in the drawing so 
That is nope. that is our manscaped. Hey. hey, Dave, do you want to stat us? I'm feeling a, a little randy. Coda kid, we got to give oh, Coda man. kid some credit, man. He just threw almost ten bucks <clears> at <throat> us and didn't even say anything. I nice. love. It. I, it's just like, hey, here's some cash. Love you, Coda. Coda, we we love you, man. Uh, one we of our favorite best. flaming ballers, Dave. Do you want to do you want to stat us? I think everybody's in the mood after that. Jesus, you know, you guys pull this stuff out of nowhere sometimes. And we need to give just, you warnings. You give me a like a heads up or anything like that. Like, okay, well, cool. You know, stab hey. me, Dave. Ooh, stab <laughs> me. There we go. All right, we're going to bring this episode full circle and talk again about how good this Suns team is. Espo, Espo posed the question: Is this one of the best Suns teams, regular season teams of all time? Well, here's a here's another take on that that I've found really interesting all year. And I went back and I looked at prior Suns teams too. Did you guys know that the Suns have the very best record in the league against other winning teams? The Suns are 20 and six this year against other teams over 500 at the moment. Um, and the, the teams over 500 change, but no matter what, the Suns are really, really good. 20 and six, they have the um, most wins uh, in the league, at, at, at they're tied for the most wins against uh, good teams this year, and they have the fewest loss. Sorry, second most wins. Utah is twenty-two against winning teams, but they have the fewest losses at six, twenty and six against winning teams. So I went back because I remember back in the day, we used to say, "Oh, the Suns got it proven in the playoffs. They 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 win in the regular season. They blow out the bad teams in the regular season." Uh, and the playoffs, they have to prove that they, their style can win in the playoffs. Why did we say that? Well, it's because the Suns of, of old, the seven seconds or less Suns, were not as good against winning teams as this Suns team so far is. So uh, 2009-10, what do you think the Suns' record was against winning teams in the 9-10 season? They also had a 28-7 and stretch in the second half. So they had to be pretty good, right? I'm gonna so say. What do you think? They're I'm, gonna say they, I'm, I'll go, I'm gonna say they were 500. All right, Espo. I, I was gonna say a little over 500 was gonna be my guess. You guys are good guesses. 22 and 22 against winning teams that year. Yeah. The record yeah. against losing teams: 32 and six. So the Suns feasted on the bad teams. So let's go back. Let's go back a little bit. Man, they were at their apex in 0607. Uh, they had the best combination of defense. You talked about this last time, Espo. They were 13th in defense that year um, and uh, number one in offense as well. So what was their record in 06-07 against winning teams? Espo, you first this time. I'm going to say five games over 500. Uh, I'm going to say 500 again. Well, actually, they were pretty good that year against winning teams because they actually tried to play some defense. They had the 13th-ranked defense along with their really good offense. They were 26-14. and 14. If the Suns go 6-8 and eight the rest of the year, they'll match that um, So against winning teams, and the Suns do have some games against winning teams coming up. Um, that's, that's, that's their high-water mark. In 05-06, they were 25-19 against winning teams. In 04-05, when they blew the doors off the league, they were 30 and 17 against winning teams. Um, second, again, both years, they were behind San Antonio and Dallas in wins over winning teams. Guess who their toughest opponents were in the playoffs? San Antonio and Dallas those years. So my bottom line is, my bottom line is, is this team is not only 
really good in the regular season. They're also beating the winning teams and they're set up for playoff success. And that is Stat Me Dave brought to you by Coda Kid today. Coda uh, Kid. Everybody can wake back. Times on us since this morning. <laughs> Dave, thank you for that stat, but I'm just going to say it. Uh, let's let's talk uh, now. We're I'm going to grind gears. Here. Let's talk about one other big news uh, thing that came up this week from the Phoenix Suns. FanDuel becomes the official gambling partner of the Phoenix Suns uh, as the governor Doug Ducey signed into law the fact that sports betting is going to be legal. I believe coming this fall in Arizona, there will be a sports book in the arena starting next season. So what do you guys feel? Dave, we'll start with you. Let's make this quick. Uh, what do you feel this will potentially change for the franchise? Well, if people can just uh, bet all the way through games, I think that's pretty exciting, actually, for people who are sitting in their seats and they can bet like the how, how they're going to do first quarter, second quarter. All the guys, all the folks, women and men, who um, want to bet during games, this is awesome for them. So I think it's only going to increase – um, well, it's going to increase fan engagement at games, but they're going to be looking down at their phones. That's the only problem. <laughs> Saul, your thoughts? <laughs> uh, you know, I, I just think this is going to change the game for a lot of a lot of states and a lot of um, franchises. Uh, I know that the Suns have a deal. A lot of other NBA teams and NFL teams are currently working on deals. Uh, Major League Baseball as well, uh, hockey. It, it's it's a, it's a game changer. And then uh, you know, obviously, from my own. Uh, point of view working for um, a sports network um, you know there's a lot of different things that are in play here uh, in terms of fan engagement and how people are going to be able to bet and, and watch these games they're going to consume games in a different way they just are and um, you know it, it, it's kind of like it, it I'm thinking this is my this is my impression of what might happen is gambling and sports betting will have the same impact that fantasy football had to the NFL. Um, I used to not care about any of the other games, just Cardinals games back in the day. Now I want to watch every single game and I need to, I need to make sure that my running back from the Colts, who's on the third string that I had to pick up this week, you know, he's, he's doing whatever, you know, so like the, the parlays, the, you know, the different, you know, uh, lines of bets uh, that you can put out there. It's, it's a game changer. It's a game changer. And I think that's, it's good for the franchises. Um, I think it's going to be good for the consumer. Um, and I think it's going to help out the leagues overall for sure. Let yeah. me talk about the downside really quick. Sorry, Espo, but no, there Herbie, is no Villa downside. Not, nope. No Wait. downside. Let's not go with it. No <laughs> downside. All winning here. <laughs> go ahead, Dave. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, Herbie Villafranca in the chat said, courtside fans screaming, DA rebound that. I need that money for my mortgage. Uh, <laughs> yeah. There is a down. Remember uh, last two years ago, I guess, last time Isaiah Thomas was in the league, there was a fan heckling him uh, throughout the game because, and at the end, he's like, yeah, because I just wanted that free coupon. Uh, because the, the, it was, if, if you, uh, if the opponent goes over two at the free throw line or something like that, you get a free coupon. So well, they, they do like that. They do, they do that anyway. They do that in college at USC. Right. They have a, they have a DJ with Chick-fil-A. And if the, the guy misses the first one, the DJ gets on the mic and goes, who wants some free Chick-fil-A? And then everybody goes crazy. And then if they miss the second free throw, everybody gets free Chick-fil-A. Yeah. Well, this guy went this guy went dark because he got into racism and all that stuff when he was yelling, trying to distract Isaiah Thomas. To the point, IT went into the stands and politely 
I remember. Uh, I extremely politely confronted him and, and IT still got a technical or, or got kicked out or fined or something like that. It's just crazy. Um, but anyway, that can happen more often. That is a potential downside. That could happen more often is, is fans betting on little things, superlatives during the game and heckling players over because they want to win that money. Look, I, I think we're kidding ourselves if we don't think people are already doing this. So at least it'll be legal. And for me, uh, I think it's great. It opens up a lot of, <clears throat> excuse me, a lot of areas for creativity in terms of broadcasts, in terms of a lot of different things. That's exciting me. But one thing I never want to hear in this state again from any sports owner is crying poor because they're getting a cut of this action, especially with the sports books in these arenas that will be open every day and taking bets on sports across the world. I don't ever want to hear crying poor because now you have a revenue stream that's going to continue to flow regardless of your games, regardless of what's going on. Never again should any owner act like they don't have the money to, to actually fund what's going on in their team when it comes to Arizona. Let's hit the best part of the show. Here it is time for Espo's Big Board. Saul, I know you hate that I Jesus grind gears Christ. like this. Espo's oh Big Board. God. Today sure. there was... <clears throat> Saul just loves everything this morning. At some point, we'll, <laughs> we'll share production uh, <laughs> duties. Uh, big news came up last night. Not kind of big. Kind of big news uh, that Cam Johnson has a fractured nasal cavity, which I actually think just means he has a broken nose. I think it's a, a fancy way to say that. But the big interesting part of it is <clears throat> that he's, uh, he's not going to be uh, out but he's going to have to wear a mask. And you know what that means. <laughs> that means this guy's got some suggestions of what masks he should wear for the game, uh, at least tonight. So the first one, why not just go with the with the Batman cowl, right? Or we'll go with the Bane one first, right? Because the Bane, <laughs> look, the, the Bane one is the best, right? He Bane has the quote, nobody cared who I was till I put on the mask. Cam Johnson's <laughs> dropping 30 tonight and saying that, okay? That's, uh, that's what he's going to do while rocking the Bane mask. Uh, so just throw whichever one out if you want next. I'll let you handle. Oh, this is this is one of my favorites. I don't know if you saw this this week, but Will I Am came out with a $300 mask that you can wear uh, out and about, uh, you know, to protect yourself from coronavirus. Who wants a $2 one when you can spend 300, right? I thought <laughs> Cam has the money, so why doesn't he wear it and maybe get a sponsorship deal with Will I Am? I'm not sure it'll protect his nose at all, but it does have built-in Bluetooth speakers. So that's fun. So he'll get to wear that. That's so that's cool. a that's another option. Well, let's move on to the next one. The scream mask. <laughs> Everybody loves the scream mask. And you know what? Cam Johnson has done some scary things to the opponents this year. Oh, he dunked the other night. That was that. nice. Why not rock that scream mask? Well, let's move on to the next one. You can't have a list <laughs> about masks without the mask from the mask, right? And I'm pretty sure that would make Cam's game a little bit better. Plus, it looks really good with Cam's hairstyle. And then just also, and then when he plays against somebody, he could say, "Somebody stop me." P-A-R-T-Y. Yeah. <laughs> somebody stop me. Yeah. <laughs> or, or you could say, "Stab me, Dave." 
Anyways, and let's move on to the last one. You know me. I'm a fan of Batman. Why not just wear the cowl? It protects the nose, but it lets the rest of your face breathe. You could rock that. So those are the five masks. It's the opposite of the pandemic mask. Yeah, it is. It is, and and uh, Cam could rock that pretty. Well, imagine, well. So imagine those, uh, 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 Batman wearing a pandemic mask. We wouldn't see any of him. That would, and and that voice would be even gravelier because we'd be going through the pandemic mask. So those oh, are the, the five masks yeah. I think Cam Johnson <laughs> should wear. A little fun for your Saturday morning. So that is, uh, I believe, that brings us to the end of the program, gentlemen. Was there anything uh, else on anybody's mind? Yeah, actually, like to get to. So, I mean, I just want to say right now, okay, this is the stretch of games that we were all talking about for the second half of the season that we were mm-hmm. kind of most looking forward to because the Suns are about to play some some big time teams. Now, all that being said, Brooklyn's probably going to sit all three of their superstars because that's what Brooklyn does, and they're the weakest team in the league because they're just a, a team full of just weak people. I'll just say it like that. That's politically correct, right? <laughs> um, and so San Antonio, Milwaukee, Philadelphia, Boston, um, by the time we all show up again next Saturday, and then Brooklyn that following Sunday. Uh, then they come back with, or then they play the Knicks, and then you got the Clippers in Utah. Um, so the next two weeks are going to be super fun. And I think, I think in the next two weeks, we are really going to know whether or not this team has what it takes to be a championship, a legit championship contender. I think they're right there. But this is kind of the prove it road trip right here, and I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, look, yeah, the next game is actually going to be tougher than the Celtics game, I think. I don't know. The Celtics just signed Jabari Parker in a two-year deal. Oh, did so. they? Well, yeah. never mind. I'll take that back. <laughs> no, look, look. <laughs> this this will be a crazy stretch, but I think we already know. Uh, I think we already know that this team is good. I think we're going to know where they wind up playoff positioning wise. After this stretch, we're going to have a pretty clear idea whether they'll remain in the in the top, you know, top one through three in the West after this. Uh, even if they have a tough stretch here and they drop, I, we know they're a very good team. But the measuring stick games here that I find most interesting uh, is the 76ers. Yeah, 76ers, that's game, absolutely. That's yep. a game you're going to see DA going up against Ooh, another indeed. MVP you know, an MVP candidate at center that that can be a real measuring stick of just how far he's come because we feel like he took that he's taken that turn. I think we're going to see right. on display Wednesday in they, Philly. They haven't they yeah. haven't played each other since um, for like two years now. Him yeah, and the injuries and and suspension. I feel yeah, because like oh, wow. Embiid didn't play last time they played the Sixers okay. here, and then they didn't. They, I don't think they played uh, Philadelphia on the road last year. Right? Oh man. Because of now the pandemic. You get me worried because I think they I think indeed did play. Yeah, so. but the, the Bucks uh, always a, a tough game. That's a Monday Monday night, but that Clippers jazz, just circle that. That's that's yeah. where we're we're talking end of April, last two games in April before we head into the final stretch in mm-hmm. May, right before the playoffs. Those are the two games that are gonna tell you uh tell you a lot. Uh, okay, because... we got four games. We got four games, right? San Antonio, but between now and the next show, San Antonio, Milwaukee, Philadelphia, yep. Boston. Mm-hmm. Saul, what's your prediction on their record? Uh, I'm gonna say three and one. Espo, 
I'm gonna agree. Uh, now nah, you know what? Screw it. I'm gonna say four and zero. Let's just let's just roll it. We're in a state that allows sports gambling now. Well, I'm gonna be a little crazy. Four and zero. Let's say it. Easy job. You know, Easy be, money. <laughs> I want to be a little different because you know just because, and I want to be you know hedge my bets a little bit. But the Suns have the best road record in the league, mm-hmm. and I already pointed out they have the best record percentage wise against any winning teams this year. So I really do think there's no way they're going to list win less than three of these games, but I'll be safe and I'll say three and one. You know, the worst part of, of this road trip is the fact that all these games starts damn early. <laughs> That's the, the biggest part. Oh, I love that. That's oh, the best part. I, I'm old, when you I have a four year old at home, like, clock out of work and five to five to eight is her time right like Uh, so it's falling right in that luckily monday uh, i i have an off night so i get to actually watch that game so i will be uh rolling with some pizza and watching that bucks uh suns game over on bally sports arizona so that was family (laughs) so that is the program gentlemen uh thank you to the flaming ballers a very active chat today we appreciate mm -hmm. you don't don't forget you guys in the chat we do we love you more than you know that's why we statue every week with dave so uh but (laughs) (laughs) don't forget newsletter.solarpanel.pod you can sign up for that have an opportunity to win some of the prizes from the closet always can follow us uh, on various social channels. Dave is at Dave King MBA. I am not going to make an MBA joke because apparently that just upsets people. So, so really? Dave, you're off the hook. I love it. I look forward to him. Pick him back <laughs> up again. All right. So you can follow Dave at Dave King MBA. The MBA is there because, well, Dave just needs to feel better about himself. And then True. you can follow Saul at Saul underscore Bookman. The underscore is there to keep the Saul from uh, from fighting with the Bookman. Sometimes that just happens. It's inevitable. I, I was, I was going to say that the, 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 the underscore is there because the Bookman step back is that nasty. Oh, oh. Was positive. Or, or, or the underscore is there because the Saul's on the pain meds and the book, Bookman isn't, and they're <laughs> fighting over it right now. You can find yeah. me at Espo the Show, at Sun Solar Panel. Uh, leave a review on Apple. Always hit that like button on YouTube and hit the join. So for Dave, for Saul, I'm Greg. I just called myself Greg. I don't think I've ever done that on the know. program. We'll <laughs> talk to you next time. Call you Espo? That's what I need. Uh, no, no, uh, no. My wife does your not kid, call me. Your kid Espo. calls you Espo. She <laughs> is Espo. She She's also Espo. She, my kid, my kid calls me Espo. There's no dad. It's just, hey, Espo, but go get me some. She's a girl. You got to call her Espa. Give me some damn juice, Espo. <laughs> so, so for the guys, <laughs> for the Carmel Thunder from down under in the Silver Fox, I'm Espo. We'll talk to you next time here on the Solar Panel. Ahoy, ahoy. Finds the ball, Barkley puts it up, does it count? It does! Shake it down!